This is Headshots, the psychology and gaming podcast with your hosts, Josue Cardona and Dr. Kelly Dunlap. So Kelly, had you ever heard the term self-care games before? In the sense that you could put self-care in front of any other noun to, to make it a thing that's about, you know, taking care, taking care of yourself. Yes. <laughs> I mean... So I guess not, not as a genre, but as, as an idea. Yes, I'll say I had heard of self-care games. Yeah, well, I, I really hadn't. Um, it, it came up recently when I was listening to the Waypoint... I, th- I think it's called Waypoint Radio now. And Waypoint is the Vice gaming channel. And Vice is just doing a lot of things right. And uh, I really like um, everything that they're doing over there. They even have a, a mental health column. Um, they, I, I like a lot of, of the material that they're putting out on Waypoint. And I heard a podcast where they brought up very casually something that was a self-care game to a person. And then I listened to a couple other episodes, and I think, I think it came up a couple times. And so I was really curious because the way they were using the term, it seemed like, like it was a thing. And I never heard of it, like you said, as a genre before. Mm-hmm. And, and so I did some Googling, and I found some, some cool stuff. Um, one of the first things I did was that I, I checked just self-care in general, like how, how popular the term is. And I thought this was interesting. I looked up on Google Trends over time how often people were, were Googling the, the term self-care. And it appears that apparently it peaked some point in 2004, 2005. And right now it's at about 75% uh, as popular of the popularity peak now. It's weird the way Google Trends presents information. But it's a it's something that was apparently like ten years ago. Everybody was talking about self care, or at least a whole lot more than now. I thought that was mm-hmm. that was interesting. Yeah, self care is a topic that has come up a lot for me, but I, I think that's partially because I've spent the last two years in a game design program as the only mental health trained person there. And so when I literally have classmates who are sleeping and spending the night in the game lab to work on their games, I feel like hey, self-care is really important, Is was kind of my mantra or my motto <laughs> while I was in that master's program. So I even made a, I even made a self-care game. Uh, it's a card game. So, I, But yeah, the idea of you yourself are worthy and you need to take care of yourself because one, you can't take care of anybody else if you're not taking care of yourself. And two... If you don't take care for your, of yourself, you can't really guarantee that anybody else is going to take care of you. So just you know, taking the time to really value yourself as as a human being, I think, is really important. So you you said you made a self care game. Like, what makes your game a self care game versus any game being used for self care? In this case, the the cards that you find and collect each have a little mini piece of, of therapy on them. So something like a breathing technique or a really brief mindfulness technique or, you know, a way to help someone maybe reframe a difficulty that they're they're going through. So uh, another way of saying it would be therapeutically validated stress busters. And so when you pick up a card, you know, that you have that in, with you. And it also leads to a website that 
has more in depth. So if you had like a, a card that had a breathing technique, the very bare bones instructions would be on the card. And if you went to follow that card to the website, then the website would have the, like the full fleshed out, here's the entire uh, procedure for it. And this is where it's backed up and, and things like that. So the idea behind it in this case is that by playing the game, you are taking care of yourself. Because if you're collecting these cards and you're following the links and you're playing along, so to speak, you're going to do things that are good for you. Like breathing and relaxing and eating healthy and taking a, a mental break. So when you made the game, I'm assuming it was for a class? Yes. Did you call it a self-care game? So here we call it Four of a Kindness, which mm-hmm. is the, the name of it. I don't think we ended up calling it a self-care game. One, because the term game is a very controversial term. And... I think we framed it more as a gameful experience so as not to get caught up in the in the terminology. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, we, we did talk about it as it being something for uh, personal health and self-care. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting because I think that the idea of taking care of yourself or doing something for your benefit is something that we talk about a lot, particularly like people like you and me and, and people who like gaming, you know, who see it as, as this – positive thing in their life. But the term self-care, I think, is still – I think it's it's like a special word, right? It's like it, it – it's very – I think it's a very valuable word to, to like kind of save and use when we need it. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm making any sense. I, um, no, I, I, I feel like it's a lot like many psychological terms that have a lot of value to them, but oftentimes get – overused, like the term depression yeah. or addiction or obsessive. So I don't know, maybe it's just where, where I am uh, geographically, but I hear the term self-care a lot. And a lot of the time people aren't actually using it as the term was intended from a therapeutic standpoint. But no, I, I, I agree with you 100% that it, it's a term that's really important for people to know. One, that yes, you can take care of yourself and that's okay. And, and not just okay, but really, really critically important that you take care of yourself. So when you say the the clinical way it could be used, like or the clinical definition or purpose, what would that be and how would that differ from what you hear people saying? Oh, I was, you know, not that long ago, I was out someplace and somebody was joking around, lifted a, took like two shots and went, ha ha, self-care. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know that's that's uh, it might not really be what uh what was intended. Yeah. Uh So ah yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah yeah. But yeah. I mean okay. it's it's the it's the idea of taking care of your mind and your body yeah. in a in a respectful way that tends to sometimes get overlooked considering how how busy and demanding our lives are. It immediately came to mind that um, in the book Super Better, right? which the last three episodes were. <laughs> um, and, and thinking about that book, um, there's so much, again, psychology jargon that's simplified and applied in, in game design terms, right? So I, I want to ask you, do you remember a lot of self-care talk in that book? I'm going somewhere with this. I'm just curious. I, I remember a lot of examples. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, In in particular. So of, you know, small games you can play and how they can um, improve your day-to-day life. Yeah, right. And that was kind of 
my takeaway from the book too. So I, I went in, I searched for the term self-care and it came up only in, only in one instance, like in one area, the actual term self-care. Again, we're talking about self-care, but in, the actual in super term. Better? Yeah, yeah. It only okay. came up in the power-up section and it came up as an example of an emotional power-up suggested by a a super better participant. And she includes kind of a quote from this player. And he called his super-up, uh, his super-up, his power-up, a mighty act of self-care. And huh. I thought that was really interesting that, the, I mean, self-care is such a big part of the book, but the actual term only came up in that one, that one instance. That's weird, wonder, right? Yeah. I, I wonder if maybe because the term self-care itself is kind of fluffy, you know, it doesn't really have any empirical definition. You can't really operationally define it too well because everybody's idea of self-care is going to be different. That yeah. I could see if you're doing something like Super Better, which is a, a book based on science, you might want to steer more towards not only terms that have like operational definitions, but terms that are actually specific because self-care is incredibly broad in general. So maybe maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah. And again, like if you're going to define it as just taking care of yourself, there's tons of stuff that you can do. And and again, like in the, the book is so much about using games intentionally to improve yourself. Um, again, it just surprised me that the, that the term self-care was that, which is probably good that um, it probably gives us way more vocabulary to address taking care of ourselves in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to to definitely point out that there can be games that are designed with the intention of being self-care games. So like Four of a Kindness, the one that I made, uh, there's a a game app. I don't really know if it's a game. It calls itself it's game, but it's it's an app it's, uh, for mindfulness where you follow this little blue fuzzy thing around and try to guide it into a hole. And, you know, so there, there's ones that are intentionally designed to help you with mindfulness or breathing or, you know, other self-care tactics. But then there's also just general games, you know, casual games or or more hardcore games. Um, commercial, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. And that by playing them, you feel better. So, you know, if you're having a rough day and you sit down and you take five minutes to play Candy Crush or Minesweeper or Solitaire, you know, that and that relieves your stress and gives your yourself a mental break from whatever's going on, that too then becomes a self-care game, at least in my opinion. Exactly. Just like the two shots. <laughs> well. Like, no, no, of course, right? It's that idea that- Chemically it, speaking. Technically speaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. I mean, that's the obvious example that I thought you would you would go to. Um, the Exactly. That idea of feeling good versus, again, taking care of yourself. I mean- is there a line? Does there need to be right? But but I, but I agree. There's a big difference between just feeling good and then why you're trying to feel good versus addressing the problem or doing something about it and just feeling good. That isn't yeah, there, always. There's a difference between going out, socializing, drinking, and having fun, and drinking because it's the only way you can have fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, that's yeah. for me. That's the big difference. There is that alcohol is not inherently bad, but if that's the only way that you're finding any kind of relief or happiness, that is not a self care mechanism. That is rather self destructive. So. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 of course there are options for you to take care of yourself. And if your option is to play a game, what we're calling a you know something you consider a self care game, 
instead of taking care of yourself, then I don't think it qualifies as a self-care game. <laughs> right. You know, if I if I sit down and play Bejeweled for 23 hours and I don't shower or eat, that's not that's not being conducive to my my care, my self-care as a human being. So absolutely. Yeah, like showering, brushing your teeth, eating, drinking enough water, sleeping, that's taking care of yourself. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like it's such a simple concept. And again, in mental health, we bring up that idea all the time because so many of the problems that end up being discussed as a mental illness or a stressor can sometimes just be like, man, you're you're just not taking care of yourself. You're just not sleeping enough. Like if you slept more, you might take care of some of those symptoms. Like they might go away, right? It, so so it is, and, and obviously you us as practitioners, there's always this discussion of burnout and and we see people who are burnt out from their jobs. So again, the, the concept of self-care is very common to us. And I always, I always get a little excited when I do hear people talk about self-care, even if they're not using it right, because that, that allows us to have that conversation. But it, it isn't as common in other places. So I think that's why I was so excited to see this idea of self-care game and people talking about it, even if they're using the term wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost it's a little sad and a little funny that the concept of taking time to take care of yourself is apparently a novelty or, or that it's somehow almost revolutionary that, hey, wait a minute, this is an actual thing. And I can't I cannot count how many times I have told people, whether friends or, you know, clients in therapy, that the word selfish has such a negative rap to it. It has such a negative connotation. But that is that's just a stigma like like any kind of label it's okay to be selfish if you need to do something for yourself you can call that selfish and if so selfish is not bad or if you don't want to call it selfish because you don't like the word that's fine too but the idea that you do for oneself is critically critically important i mean everything from your eating because if you eat crap you tend to feel like crap um I know I've started going back to the gym after the holidays and I, I had the plague and now that I'm finally clear of it, you know, I've gone back to the gym two or three times this week and I feel so much better just from 30 minutes at the gym in a week. So, you know, that that for me is self-care. It's taking time out to take care of myself. Uh, as far as games that do that, I know for me, I have, um, I've always liked Bejeweled if I just need something kind of brain numbing to just block everything out for a few minutes because I'm overwhelmed or the bakery blitz game that I've been playing is something that I've been doing to kind of just, again, just focus on something that's not the problem and realizing that it's okay to take a break. It's okay to take whatever is stressing you out and put it on a shelf. You'll come back to it, you know, because if you show it in the corner, you don't ever look at it again. That's avoidance and that has its own problems. But as long as you can put it to the side and realize, you know, just tell yourself, okay, I'm going to give myself a break. I'm going to just put put whatever's going on. I'm going to put it aside and I'm going to focus on something else. And I think that's one reason that games are so effective in this space. It's because when you play a game, it's really easy to get into that flow state where you are where you are focused and you are challenged and you are rewarded. And it can be a lot more difficult to do in other spaces. Uh, books oftentimes have the same effect of you know being able to kind of become really invested in something else and giving yourself kind of a break from reality. You know, and it, it's like a there's a complicated, just like a line somewhere where 
feeling good, like the idea of doing something because it feels good is self-care. And there's like a line where then it, it crosses and then maybe it's not – like it's contextual. It depends on a lot of things. And getting that moment of feeling good is is important, especially especially if you've had a day where you had nothing, you know, no, no good feelings whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's – that is still self-care. But it's – again, it's like it's complicated because depending on the moment, the situation, um, what exactly is happening – uh, it's hard because like if you're overwhelmed, like uh, recently I, I saw some friends and they're like they come home from from work pretty exhausted and lately they've been parent, uh, playing Super Mario World and they are so excited to come home and play together also right so there's a social component and they're just kind of like unwinding right that stress from from during the day and they play a little bit and then then they go like they have dinner they they do whatever and and for them it's like this stress reliever um that's just it's it's i saw it as a healthy behavior right there's there's stuff mm-hmm. going on at work that stuff need you know you, you kind of need to deal with that at work and then you come home to kind of decompress and you know that could be you know it's different things for different people but i thought it was so cool that they were using super mario world to to do that you know um and it had become like a little ritual for them for the last couple of weeks there's an interesting uh cognitive psychology concept of kind of of workload. So if your your job or as a student, whatever you're going through, whatever is being demanded of your brain, you tend to stray away from and whatever parts of your brain are being underused is what you tend to do in your recreation. So for example, way, way back when before I even started my doctoral program, I was working at a job that was not, uh, shall we say, stimulating you know, there's only so many times you, or how long can you stand at the copy machine before you, you know, pull your hair out or it, it was not it was not ideal. And so I really, really enjoyed the games I liked at that point were very um, mind intensive. So really intense puzzle games, something like Portal, that's really, really engaging. Uh, at that point, I actually even designed a uh, I think it was like a three day long spy mission for my friends to play. So I, I spent my time at my cubicle, you know, when I wasn't filing or whatever, cr- creating this game and then going out and playing this game uh, that was based on the TV show The Mole for anybody who who might know it. And, you know, kind of reflecting the other side, you know, while I was in graduate school and my brain is really you know, being being taxed a lot for facts and figures and information and reason and logic, the games I started to play were became very fluffy. Things like uh, Bejeweled, or I even picked up Nintendogs again, or you know, I I think there was one point I played Barbie's horse riding adventure. You know, just stuff that it was almost the exact opposite of what I was experiencing at work because that's what my brain needed. I had to find that balance between what was going on in my work life and what was going on in my recreational life. And I think that's another really great strength of games is, you know, if you've had a rough day and you need to blow off steam, it's really easy to pick up, say, Call of Duty and literally blow off steam. If you've had a really hectic day and you just want to wind down. It's easy to find a game that's soothing and calms you, you know, like Tetris for some people or Bejeweled for others, or I don't know. What, what, what's a game that kind of always chills you out? So there, there, there's a couple. And 
when you when you said you know like getting what your brain needs, that's something that's really a big part of my self care. In that, you know, a lot, there's a big misconception about how ADHD works, right? Most people think that it's that the uh, for example, when when the typical example of a child who has ADHD or the typical uh, ADHD child who is just – you think that the child is hyper. Like they can't calm down and you think that the medication mm-hmm. is is going to kind of numb them, right? But really what's happening is that the, the kid is uh, – the kid's brain is looking for additional stimulation. So that's why they, they – they don't like they won't stop because they're constantly looking for additional stimulation because what's happening isn't stimulating enough right so the the medication works to stimulate part of the brain so that they they're kind of like balanced right more even keeled yeah imagine you were always hungry and no matter what you ate you always wanted more and so you eat a handful of this, a handful of that, a handful of something else, trying to find something to satiate you. Exactly. But yeah. instead of your instead of your stomach, it's your brain. Exactly. And so for me, um, I didn't I didn't get a diagnosis of ADHD until I was an adult, so I didn't understand the way this works, right? Um, but I've I've learned to cope with um, part of the symptoms in that, like I can't read. There are certain things that I can't do unless I'm. Because the, the stimulation isn't enough. So I've found that games are a great way for me to do one thing while I – if I want to listen to an audiobook, I'll play Tetris, for example. And, mm-hmm. like, the Tetris is in the background. Like, I'm not trying to get a high score or anything. I'm just trying to do something, and then I'm listening to the book over here. And one of the – it's like, it's like uh, you know, going for a walk while I'm listening to a book – there's more stimulation there. There's some exercise going on. And then I can really pay attention to the book. And that's what they had to learn over time. And so I have a few games that work that way for me. Those are my podcasting and audiobook um, favorite books. So I play Destiny a lot that way. Mm-hmm. I really, really like No Man's Sky for the same reason. You know, there's no, there's no um, end goal. There's no final boss necessarily. I'm just kind of running around doing random things in the world while I'm, you know, again, my point is to listen to this book or this podcast. And uh, so Tetris, Dr. Mario is one that I really like. Those are, to answer your question, like my kind of like relax um, games, I only use those for that purpose. Because if, unless I'm also listening to something, I get kind of bored. So then in that case, like, I need something more intensive, like like an RPG. Or like if I'm grinding, it's funny, like if I'm grinding in an RPG... If I'm at that point, I'm like, oh, I can just grind for a while. Like, that's kind of mindless. I can listen to a book. But if it's like, oh, like, now I'm, I'm sorting out my inventory and I'm, you know, trying to, you know, make sure that all my, uh, you know, all the specs are right and I, I need to make sure that everything is good. I need to buy some stuff and I get ready for this big boss fight. Then, like, I'll turn it off and because I, I need to focus. And now there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in my head. And so I play games very – I'm very mindful. I'm very aware of how I am – what I'm doing in a game and what kind of game it is and what kind of moment I'm going to have to, to then kind of decide how my playtime is going to go. And and so that's why games are a huge part of my self-care. Like I, I believe that, you know, educating myself <laughs> and learning more is a big part of uh, my self-care. And sometimes I can't do that unless I have something else. So like just like I, I may do chores while I'm listening to an audiobook, mm-hmm. uh, other times I will. You can only do so many dishes, right? So <laughs> I'll play, I'll play a, a game or two. Yeah, I have a, a similar experience. You know, living in Washington D.C., there's a lot of there's a lot of traffic and there's a lot of people, and 
my car is the number one place I listen to podcasts. I almost never listen to podcasts unless I'm actually at the gym or in my car. Uh, and of course, driving a car is something that actually is a mentally demanding activity, but you do it so much you can kind of go on autopilot. So I always find audiobooks to help me, you know, actually stay more focused on the road because I'm staying alert and, and attentive. Yeah. On the other hand, you know, taking the metro here in DC, uh, it's often crowded. And I tend not to do very well in crowded spaces. So one thing that I've found to be um, pretty pretty helpful for me in, is a game, but I get the, the crossword puzzle. There's a, a free magazine called The Express that they hand out as you go into the metro. And on the back page, there's always a crossword puzzle. And I find that so soothing. And I can't explain it really in any other way. But when I sit down with that crossword puzzle, and that's really the only place that I do it. I, you know, I don't bring them home. I don't I, uh, buy crossword puzzle books. I don't take a newspaper. I don't do them online because I totally cheat. And I know I'm going to cheat, so I don't do them. But you know, doing that one in the paper on the Metro, and suddenly I'm I'm at my stop. So, so it helps like question, time go by faster. It helps time go by faster. And I, I don't fixate on the idea that there are now – you know, the, the train is so crowded that there's no room. I once read a study that talked um, that was measuring like how far people were comfortable having someone physically in their proximity. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that discomfort and that by having headphones on and, and playing music and perhaps um, I'm guessing that this uh, like playing a crossword puzzle like for you is so engaging that it has a similar effect that that um, that bubble. Right. That area around you that you're not comfortable people being in gets much smaller when you do certain other things, right? And I'm sure it's it's the same thing of like the cognitive load, right? Like now you're not focusing so only on that. You only less brain power is on that, so then you, that area gets smaller, and it can make your it can absolutely make your commute a lot more comfortable. I know that I I I feel at 100%. I hate being in a crowded subway. There's like this real serious discomfort that I feel about it. But as long as I have headphones on, if I'm on the train and I, I feel it immediately, I'm like, oh, I need I, I need to listen to something, and mm. and it helps a lot. And I think it's important to to emphasize, or, or at least I get questions at panels a lot about, well, isn't that avoidance? You know, aren't you just hiding? Shouldn't you face your fears and stop hiding and, and whatnot? And so I, I really do want to emphasize the difference between a coping mechanism and avoidance. So, for example, a coping mechanism is what we're talking about here. You know, you're doing something to help yourself get through that moment. Avoidance would be not getting on the metro at all. Or avoidance would be not going on the subway at all. Like you were just completely avoiding the situation as opposed to taking steps to make it more bearable. So I really just do want to emphasize that that difference because the same question comes up with video games too. You know, if you're stressed and you go home and you play video games for a few hours, isn't that escapist? Aren't you just abandoning the quote unquote real world to live in this fantasy world for a while? And is that a bad thing? So I I am not a fan of the term escapism in regards to to video games. Now that's not to say that some people don't use them for escapist purposes, but it, it, like pretty much everything else, it comes down to the frequency and the intensity with which with which you do it. And avoidance is a much better word. I think it's a much more um, useful word when we're we're talking about things like this versus escapism and. 
Yeah, like that distinction. That's what, like, that's what I was kind of saying earlier. Like, there's this line, right, where something is no longer a coping mechanism. It's 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 it it can be problematic. And I really like the the metaphor of the like energy tanks, right? Like like uh, sometimes you just need to replenish some of mm-hmm. that, um, like willpower, for example, right? <laughs> you can't really measure it, but it's kind of that thing. Where it's like. I, I had a draining day. Let me recharge my batteries a little bit with the game, and now I can get back into what I'm doing, right? And that's completely, again, that's that's coping. That's you using a game intentionally to live your life, to help you move forward, to replenish some energy versus – And that, that goes yeah. right back to your statement about self-care. Yeah, mm-hmm. The idea that you – one have to be aware of your own needs, like because you need to know that you're in need of self care before you can give it to yourself, and then to go out and find whatever that is. You know that that's a that's a really big uh, big part of it. So did you Google, or I mean, did you find anything online that was? Um, I did a lot of googling. Did you find anything interesting regarding um, self care games or um, where that term is going or coming from or anything like that? I mean, there's about a million different apps that promise to help you with mindfulness or to help you with your breathing or your stress level. You know, it, it feels a lot like those Lumosity sites that Don't get claim me started on Lumosity. that claim to enhance your enhance your memory or you know train your brain that that kind of stuff. It feels very. I don't know if kitschy is the right word that I want. But it's it feels very much in that vein, as opposed to games that maybe would help people make feel better about themselves in whatever way. But again, that's almost impossible because what everybody needs is different. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and for the record, Lumosity only helps you get better at Lumosity, and all yes. of those brain training games are only only help you get better at brain training games, pro- specifically the ones that you're playing or similar yeah. ones. Um, so I want to know what you found on Google. What, what, did, what did you Google find? So, so it was interesting because someone – okay, so, so this is kind of the, the, the most fun thing. Um, last November, something happened that a lot of – that stressed a lot of people out. And in oh, response – <laughs> And in response, um, a game designer named Jessica Haley who – very cool. I checked her LinkedIn. Uh, she works on Windows Holographic. And Ooh. she worked on a game called Read Only Memories 2064, which I'm currently playing review copy of and is amazing. And I will talk about it in the future for multiple reasons. But um, so she created a – I didn't know you could do this, that you could create game jams on itch.io. And itch.io is like a – it's kind of like Steam. It's a, it's a marketplace for games and there's a community there and i didn't know you could create game jams so really they have this calendar and anybody can just create you know say that okay we're going to have a um a game jam for i don't know games for people who just had a baby right and then you put the dates up for like a week and then people submit games and so late november she created a game jam called the self care jam and the idea was to create things to help people feel better. So this is very much the feel good side of it versus the take care of yourself side of it. I think that was her motivation. Mm -hmm. And 
but the games that came from it got a lot of attention. The, the actual game jam got, an atten- got attention for it. That is one of the articles I found on Waypoint once I started Googling after listening to, to that term on the podcast. And a few games were really interesting. I played one. I don't remember the name, but there was one where you did very mundane tasks such as brush your teeth or take a shower or drink some tea. And then you had different options to do things like that. And then when you tried to leave the house, it, it wouldn't let you. So then you just had to do more of those things that were self, like taking care of yourself things. So like you couldn't, once you did enough of them, so like, again, brushed your teeth, took a shower, um, made your bed, um, cleaned up a little, like did stuff like, then like this door appeared. And kind of the idea that, okay, now you're ready to take on the world because you, you've taken care of yourself first. Um, hmm. And there were a few other games, um, some Twine games there. And it was it was really interesting to see that really the Google search, that's kind of what came up. That that was the biggest, maybe the definitely the most recent, but kind of the most um, like the the way that the term was being used by a large number of people around one event was this self-care jam. So, and I don't know if that's where Waypoint got the, got that term from, because again, it was, it's a, it's a term that I'd never really heard before as a genre, like you said, but I kind of liked the idea that it would become a genre, not just as, as feel good, but as, as games for taking care of yourself and that's kind of the the most interesting thing that, that I found. Other than that, you know, I did some Reddit searches. I did some some uh, just general searches. And I found people who used the term but used it very, um, very casually. Kind of the same way that, uh, you know, like I, I have a term – like I have the site Geek Therapy. And I'm always monitoring online for when people use that term or the hashtag Geek Therapy. But most of the time people are just talking about it as like something that feels really good and is geeky. You know, it has nothing mm-hmm. to do with the website. So that's right. kind of how I saw um, self-care. And I think it feels it's different, just like the term self-care. Different people use it for, for different reasons. But it's definitely not a genre. But I believe that that jam and kind of conversations like this might might be – and like again, like Waypoint using the term, like it is a, a genre. <laughs> I think it will. I think we might be moving in that direction. And I kind of like that you can put, you know, um, oh, what's the name of your game again? Four, four, four of a kindness. Four of a kindness, which is very, very good name. Um, you know, and like kind of put them under that category. I like it. I, I, I kind of like that. That might become a thing. Well, no. It- I mean, I think about it falling under the umbrella of social impact games or games for change. Uh, and obviously, that would be a much broader um, title for it because that's very, you know, self-care is very specific. Mm-hmm. But I know on the Games for Change, uh, sorry, Games for Change website, they do have uh, a genre for art and empathy. So that's one of the the fields. And of course, that could be empathy towards yourself. There's another one, I think they call it yeah, health. There's one just health, and that includes biological and psychological health. So, you know, that could definitely be a, a new, maybe a new genre for games for change. And I also know of a company called iThrive. They make games for adolescents, and their entire focus is on positive psychology and creating games about empathy and care for others and care for self. So I know they're out there doing uh, work in that in that space too. I think the book Super Better could have been called 
self-care games, right? Super self-care better. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that works. No, it doesn't. It doesn't really no, work. No, it doesn't. No. It's a terrible title. It is. Terrible. It is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, again, because like that book, it's all about intentionally using a game for, sometimes it's for health reasons, sometimes, but usually, it's usually mental and emotional well-being. And and that's that's fantastic. Again, like, you know, a Zelda game does that for me <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> on multiple levels because that's my favorite game series. There's something about that game. Like, I've seen the, the trailer for, the, for Breath of the Wild many, many times. I think it's beautiful. It makes me feel emotionally well. <laughs> but it's not, again, it's not, it's not, it's not a, a, a self-care game. But I don't know. I like it. I like it. I, I I agree with you. I think that within, um, especially within Games for Change, there is a space for that. And you know what? Like the whole idea of social impact games can be like that. Again, that is very broad. But I think self care games could be its its own thing, right? And part of the social impact games. Um, one thing is that some of them are just educational. Some some of them are just trying to shine a light on a on a social issue. And mm-hmm. I think that we could do enough of that on the self-care side to have, like, it could have its own festival, you know? Because just as I was thinking about, what the, you know, on the topic for this show, I got a lot of great ideas. I think I got a lot of interesting ideas. I don't know if they're great. I'll share <laughs> them with you. You can tell me if you think they're great or not. But I got a lot right. of different ideas <laughs> that I thought um, would be really interesting. So I think it's – I think it is ripe for 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 creation, that um, that genre. Yeah, games, games specifically created and tailored to improving health at an individual level. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You can quote me on that one. Yeah. Which again, which again, that's exactly what Super Better, Super Better is the game, not the book. Right. Super Better, the game is exactly that. Yeah. And again, not to not to discount games that you play because they make you feel better or they give you a break from stress or feeling overwhelmed. You know, so even if you know Halo in that sense could be a a self care game for me. But it's not a game that was designed for self-care, I guess, would be the, the difference. And for you, Halo is such a social experience. Yeah. And and we didn't really didn't talk about, like, the positive effects of interacting with your support system and, and you know, sharing time with other people that, that um, you, 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 you do care about, right? Well, I mean, l- last night I was actually at a, a friend's house. There were about 14 of us over and we had a spy themed board game night. We played Secret Hitler. We played Resistance. We played Code Words. We played two two booms in a room. No, two rooms in a boom <laughs> and uh, and keep talking and no one explodes. So it's just this very, you know very social environment where games are the reason that we all came together. But then, you know, even you're not playing games every single second. So there was tons of hanging out and just seeing people I haven't seen in a while. And it was, uh, did great things for my, for my mental health. Cause <laughs> yeah, right. It's yeah. like, it not only felt good, it was not only fun, but the effect of that feeling good and of that fun was increased mental and emotional well-being. Yes, I feel like my my batteries have been recharged. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's such a big part of it. Um, yeah, like uh, my girlfriend and I don't usually play games, um, like, like games at all, but we do. 
we will play Dr. Mario. And lately, because we played at that friend's house, we played, um, they were playing Super Mario World and they were taking turns. And I was like, that's so silly. We could play, <laughs> we could simultaneously play one of the newer Marios. <laughs> so we started playing 3D World and New Super Mario Brothers um, U. And then those you can all play simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it's, uh, it's, it's good times. It is good times. Oh, man. And I think, I don't know, I think, you know, just that not only the interacting with other people, but I think that something like playing with a significant other, playing with your parents or your kids, working together to solve a problem can also be very beneficial to your relationship. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think relationships and games is a whole nother, that's a whole nother headshot. Yes, it is. <laughs> And this has been a pretty good episode of Headshots, I think. I like this discussion. Very positive. Yes, which is which is nice because unfortunately a lot of times when we're talking about games and psychology, it's not always the most positive and uplifting of topics. So it's nice to have a, a check-in now and then for self-care reasons. Yeah, I think that's why I love the idea so much of people just talking about games not just as a game but as a self-care game. Again, yeah, so for whatever reason they're using the term self-care, I think, uh, as always, it creates an opportunity for us to, to discuss it and hopefully move it towards the direction of, of again, more positivity in games, more positive effects of games in the conversation. That's really, really helpful for us. It's really helpful for a lot of people. Um, I'm excited about it. Yeah, I, I think I think you nailed it when you said it's the opportunity to start a conversation about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and again, I, mental health and self-care in general are things that typically don't get a lot of a lot of airtime. So I think it's important to talk about them and anything that helps spread that message and spread the, the starts of those conversations is, is important. And I'd like to think that we, we, we do that a lot here on, on Headshots and we will continue to, to do that. Um, having the tough conversations. <laughs> here, here. here, you got here. it. <laughs> and We're from, here for you guys. <laughs> And for more episodes of Headshots, visit us at headshotspodcast.com, at headshotscast on Twitter. I am Josue A. Cardona on Twitter. Kelly is Kelly N. Dunlap on Twitter. And we will be back in two weeks. Take care of yourself, everybody. <laughs>